The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. All right, it's a win over Vanderbilt. Golly, did VCU need that. Welcome to Rams Rewind and live in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Join us in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group uh, for our for our fun game threads and for other features and things. And if you like what you hear out in podcast land, there's a link in the description. There's a tip jar on Podbean. Shoot us a little bit of dinero. We really appreciate it. We'll shout you out if if, uh, if you do that. Whew! That was a roller coaster. That was a roller coaster. And I don't, I don't even know where to begin. I mean... VCU won tonight. They got a lot of help from Vanderbilt. And oh, in that first half, VCU was pretty darn good except for one thing. They wouldn't cover what must be the best three-point shooter in America, Miles Studi. I mean, they, got, they were talking about him on the radio that he was shooting over 50%, 20 of 39 coming into the game. And, you, and it makes you wonder if, they, if, if VCU just didn't do any advanced scouting or the players just forgot because in the first half, Miles Studi is four for five from three. And you're sitting there going, you, and I'm listening to the radio at this point because I'm getting done with work and I'm, I'm heading home from work and I'm getting myself ready to come over and watch the game. And I'm like, I, I'm sure the coaches talked about this beforehand, right? Surely they said, Miles Studi, great three-point shooter. Do not leave him under any circumstances. And yet two or three times, I hear Robbie Robinson say Miles Studi was wide open. What? And honestly, without that, VCU would have been would have had a huge lead at halftime because they had a great end of the first half. Ace was absolutely on fire in in the first half, and I just felt like, okay, you know, we've kind of taken West Studi, Miles as West Studi, Miles Studi's best shot. Surely he's not going to torch us like that in the second half. We're going to go and win this game. And then a variety of crazy things happen. Let's start with, with what happened with Jerry Stackhouse. So I think we're going in, I think, to the under eight. I think it was the under eight. I'm going to look here in the play-by-play. But I think it was the under eight. Uh, Robbins has dunked the ball. Rob, uh, uh, Liam Robbins has dunked the ball. And they won, and, and I guess he, he, he tapped his head, so they called a technical foul on him. Um, I took it as, I took it as he was saying he was fouled and hit in the head, but I could, but, but as the announcers rightly pointed out, you could have also taken it as, you know, he, he was saying, I dunked on your head, which could be viewed as taunting. I got to tell you, I don't, I don't like it when refs make calls like that. Cause in general, I mean, seriously, 
it, it's I say the same thing about the NFL. Taunting is one of those penalties that's like obscenity, to quote the famous Supreme Court justice. You know it when you see it. Unless he barked something that would have been considered the magic words by the, by the official, what are you doing calling that? Because because that's not a that's not a call that need is that a call that needs to be made, or is that a look at me? I'm the ref. Everybody's here to see me call. So he gets a tech, and Jerry Stackhouse goes absolutely bonkers. I mean, just loses it completely. <laughs> and and gets two technical fouls. So we come out of the timeout with Ace Baldwin shooting six free throws. And unfortunately, he only makes four of six, which if they'd have lost this game, mm, they had some issues shooting foul shots. Of course, I'm talking about that. We ought to talk about what happened right before that. So VCU's having a terrible, a terrible drought and struggling. And, they, and they're not, and, and Vanderbilt's come back in the game, and you're just like, oh gosh, here we go again. And then Nick Kern has about as good a minute of basketball as you can have. Jaden Nunn takes a shot, misses it. Nick Kern gets the rebound, throws it right to Adrian, to Ace Baldwin. Bang, three. So there's an assist for Nick Kern. Then he steals the ball and gets fouled, goes to the line and makes one out of two. And then, and this, this play is so great. This is so great. I love this. So they're pressuring the ball, and Miles Studi is the outlet. That is Nick Kern's guy. And remember, Nick Kern has been burned plenty of times by Miles Studi. He's been caught leaving him. I was cussing him big time for this early in the game. But Nick Kern, oh, this, this is one of my favorite plays of the whole game. We'll get to the other one that's my favorite in a minute. Nick Kern knows that he's gonna that that Vanderbilt's gonna throw this ball to doggone Miles Studi. He can see it coming a mile away. He doesn't get overexcited. He isn't like that puppy that runs off and goes crazy. He anticipates that pass. Perfect timing. Creates the deflection. Creates the steal. Gets it to Ace. And then Ace sees Toby Lawal hustling back and gets it to Toby for an absolutely gigantic gut dunk. And just like that, they've scored uh, freaking six points in, let's see here, uh, six points in 22 seconds to, to regain control. And once again, I'm not getting comments, which is annoying as heck. Uh, let's see here. At least, okay, at least this is still recording. So why am I, and why again does this happen with this phone? I don't get comments. It drives me crazy. One second. I'm, I'm going to try to get some people's comments here. And that's why I'm not seeing them. And I apologize. Uh, but that, that was just, that was so great. And it's like Nick Kern, we I was frustrated with him early in the game because he was because Studi was not getting he was not getting to Studi. But that was uh you know that that was I'll tell you what, that that's as good a minute, that's about as good a minute as you can play. The only thing he did wrong was not make both three free throws. But seriously, that kind of that those kind of plays coming off the bench making those kind of plays. Not only does it get you more time on the floor, it's the sort of thing that gets. I mean, the crowd was kind of, kind of in. Went from I don't know what's going on here to the crowd was back in it. And by the way, that's another thing that's got to be said to everybody that was at that game tonight. The crowd was amazing, absolutely amazing. They were loud and they were into it from the get go. Tremendous. 
Yes, Andrew Beverly, they don't win the game without Ace. But I got to tell you something. I don't want to see Ace having games like this. And this is what I mean. You know, he, he ends up with a career high. He ends up getting 28, 7 of 14 from the field, 10 of 12 from the foul line. So, you know, those two free throws he missed when he had the six in a row. And he was four for five from three. But only four assists. And this offense kind of struggled, you know. We only get eight assists on 19 made field goals, shooting 43% from the field. That's that's not what I want to see from this team. That's not that's not a team that's going to consistently be great. And yes, Paul Seward, I'm I'm with you. He was trying to win it all by himself a little bit. And some of that is none, it just was not none's night. A guy like Nunn's got to be on the floor. He's got to get into the rhythm of the game. He got in foul trouble in the first half. He gets his third foul. It must have been 20 or 30 seconds into the second half. And he was off from the get-go. And I'm so mad I can't get comments. Why can't I get comments? Ugh. Uh, and so that's some of that's a function of that. But honestly, I would much rather see Ace Baldwin have 10 assists in a game than 28 points. Because i got to tell you right now, this offense, this offense looks a lot better when that's the case. I don't want to see Ace Baldwin taking 14 shots out of 44. I mean, he took a third of our shots from the field tonight. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that because there'll be a lot of nights when that's not 7 of 14, that's 3 of 14, and we're getting an L when that happens. So he was tremendous. He's worked on that part of his game. He is definitely a point guard that can be a great scorer. But Ace has got to be the facilitator. And if he's not, and, and look, we had a section of plays, and Jason Hutto, who's, who's commenting, was really annoyed, and I don't blame him. I wouldn't have sat him in part because we had the, the under four timeout coming. But we had three possessions in a row. And this is a, at this point, it's about an eight or nine point lead. VCU's firmly got this game in control. And on three possessions of a row, I watched Baldwin, none, and Baldwin again. Dribble, 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 shoot. Not even one pass or maybe one pass in the forecourt. And they missed them all, and Vanderbilt went right down and scored every time, and you're just like, don't do that. Don't do that. This offense isn't going to work that way. Yes, if you're hot, there will be nights when you can get away with it. That's not a consistent thing. That's not a consistent thing. So, yeah, let's get to the other – and let's get to the other play right after that. So, here we go. Three bad possessions in a row on offense. Vanderbilt's gotten, gotten back out in front. And I see Ace dribbling, dribbling. I'm like, oh, God, please, 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 God, don't have another one just like this. And doggone – and let me get the flipping play-by-play up. Brandon Johns – Ace gets the ball to Brandon Johns Jr., who makes a who may who does a fabulous who's drive who makes a drive and you know the defense is thinking he's going to go up with it he's going to take take a tough shot they're they're going over there thinking he's going to take a tough shot and what, where is it where is that play he get he but he slips it to the wall and the wall lays it in there you go I mean this is this minute is what there are a lot of things you can point to and say this one in the game this was the key minute of basketball so. Baldwin's made the two free throws to go up two after, after he gets fouled. Thomas has a wide-open three-pointer that somehow doesn't go in, thank God. 
And then this play by Brandon Johns and Toby Lawal, which is my other favorite play of the game. Tremendous from Brandon Johns. That, that is what I'm looking for. You know, and, and when you can have big men that can pass, and you saw with Deloach early in the game, he had a beautiful assist to set up a basket. When you can have big men that can pass out of the post, it just puts the, the defense in such a difficult position because they, you know, you go up against most big men in the college basketball, you know if the ball's going in there and they start to make their move, it ain't coming back out and you can just go right to the ball. But if you have big men that are that have the basketball IQ and the ability to, to make those passes, to kick the ball out when they need to, or to make that little slip pass, it's just it's tremendous. It's tremendous tonight uh, from him. And yes, to, and, and Ryan Thompson, Toby Lowell was excellent tonight. He was excellent tonight. I was so pleased with him. I mean, that's a tough matchup because Robbins has got him. Robbins has got him by a few inches and a lot of pounds. And Lawal stuck in there and played hard. You know, Deloach got himself in foul trouble, but I didn't think he was too bad when he was on the floor. Um, I I was so pleased with Toby Lawal tonight. I, I, that was just – it was such a great effort from him. And you think about it, I mean, he was really looked at as a project. And he's, he's just busting his tail out there, and he's given – Mike Rhodes a reason to play him. I mean, he got the fouls and he got and he fouled out, and you're disappointed with that a little bit. But really, just he was tremendous tonight. And, and other people have said it about Shriver. I don't know. I wish I had a better answer for you. I don't know what it's going to take for him to get out of his slump because I mean we detailed it in the last game, and I forgot what I said the number was. I think I said the number was something like it was it was not quite pie, but it was close. Um, it was like seven of 22 or something like that. We'll add another one for five and he hits his first three and I'm like, okay, maybe that's going to get him going. I, I, I mean, he's in a slump and I don't know how he's going to get out of it. I, I just don't know how he's going to get out of it. Um, so that's, 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 I, I don't know. I mean, he's got to get out there. He's, he, he can still rebound the ball for us a little bit. He's a decent defensive player. I just don't know. I just don't know uh, what it's going to take to get him out. But you know what? That's uh, – I don't know who you're talking about, Andrew Beverly, but you're saying he's shooting just to shoot lots of times early in the shot clock. It's because Facebook only shows so many comments at once. If you're talking about Shriver, I agree with you on that. Um, oh, yeah, and you know what? Let's talk about Jameer Watkins. 13 points tonight. The thing I love about Jameer Watkins the most, here's a kid who's had – a serious, what was it, serious ACL injury missed a year, and he's just had a bone bruise, which is, athletes will tell you, that's one of the most painful injuries out there. That, is, that one seriously hurts. In terms of minor injuries, that's one of the worst ones, is a bone bruise. Jameer Watkins acts like a player who's never been hurt in his life. I mean, he is just, just going to go hard and stick his nose in there, both ends of the floor. He'll he'll sometimes to his detriment because he'll sometimes run into a blind alley and turn it over. That's an issue. And sometimes he'll be a little overzealous and give away a foul he shouldn't. That's an issue. But you cannot help but love a guy that is just willing to put his body on the line time and again when you wouldn't blame him. You would not blame him if he was if, if he was a little gun shy physically because of the injuries he's had. You would not blame him at all. 
It's not the way he plays. He's a full tilt, full on player. I absolutely love him to bits. I absolutely love that guy to bits for that. Um, so that is that is uh, you know that's one of those things that really stands out. You know, Brandon Johns only has seven points, but has the huge assist on the wall in that massive minute that 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 was one of the other really big turns of the game. You know, you had the 22 seconds where they scored six points right before Stackhouse gets thrown out of the game and loses his mind. And then you have that minute of the game where Thomas misses the open three and it goes halfway in and comes out. And then Johns makes that great pass on the wall, finishes it. So really pleased with him. I already talked about Nick Kern, loved his game tonight. Loved his game, except for the fact that he left Studi a few times. Uh, he, he That was tremendous because he, he kick-started that run. And look – Six only six turnovers in the second half. So despite the fact that they missed a lot of foul shots in the second half, and they almost missed enough to lose this game, and they're only ten and twenty-three from the field, which is not great either. You know, only six turnovers that makes that made a huge difference in this game. That they only had the six turnovers in the second half. And rebounding was good. Was okay again. Uh, only lost the rebounding by two. Only lost offensive rebounds by one. And they, after losing second chance points in the first half, turned that around completely. So, you know, we've been, we've talked about in different games about VCU not taking advantage of their second chance opportunities. Well, how do you like this? You know, they get 12 second chance points to four in the second half, despite Vanderbilt getting more offensive rebounds. I'm thinking that some of that was, uh, some of that was the technical foul. I think they, the, the, the VCU live scoring might be counting the technical foul there. They did a great job on second chance points tonight, which is really good. And again, competitive on the backboard. We ain't asking them to be the best back rebounding team. We're simply asking them to rebound the ball competitively. Um, I, you know, I agree. And Jason Hutto, I agree. I think Vanderbilt, you know, they, they were in the, the bottom five or six of the SEC last year, but then they had a good run in the tournament. And I think. And I think they are going to be kind of in the middle of the pack, and they might be right around the uh, the at-large pool here. And so, yeah, I think that is going to be a good one. It won't be quad one, but it'll be a solid quad two. Uh, Paul Seward, you bring up something that's that's that is bothering me, and and I think tonight we saw it again. This team just commits so many unforced turnovers. You know, they end up with fifteen tonight. And it's not just the travel turnovers you're talking about. And two or three different times I heard Robbie Robinson say, so-and-so had hesitated and got called for a travel. That part I don't get. The other one is stepping out of bounds, not knowing where you are on the floor. That is an epidemic in college basketball. And both teams did it. But golly Moses, you know, there's just no excuse for stepping out of bounds like that, for not knowing where you are stepping out of bounds. We committed so many unforced turnovers tonight. Yeah, Bruce Stevenson. It's a lot to do with the fact that this team still can't slow themselves down. And, and I mean, honestly, it's going to sound crazy. I would, br- I would bring in, I'd bring in like, I'd bring in a yoga teacher and just have them do breathing exercises. Just anything to just, because they're, I mean, they're young players, they're young guys. So your brain is going to, especially when you're playing, of course your brain's going to be going a mile a minute. I don't blame, I mean, you can't, that's natural. But you have got to be able to say, okay, you've got to be able to be find a way to be calm and not let your brain run away with the rest of your body. And I think that's 
that's the that's the problem. And honestly, they just maybe they just need to do breathing exercises or meditation or something just to calm themselves on the floor because that is the thing that causes these turnovers. It absolutely is that. It's all about it, a lot of it is is their speed and pace. And yeah, some of the other teams can play defense too. There's no question about it. But golly Moses, you just they've just got to find a way to calm themselves. Uh, Doug Hines, and yes, shooting early in the shot clock. There was a few of those tonight. Uh, again, that that three-possession set that Vanderbilt got back in the game again with Baldwin and Nunn doing that. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Uh, well, Patrick, if you want to say the refs bailed us out because they called the technical on Leon Robinson and called the other two because Stackhouse went ballistic, I'll buy that. But look. There are a few of these calls that were ticky-tack and I didn't like because if they'd have been called on VCU, I'd been furious. But by and large, VCU is doing something very different this year. They're being far more aggressive, going to the basket with their cuts, and you're going to draw fouls doing that because you're going to catch the you're going to catch the defender, maybe cheating a little bit, and not being in good guarding position. Maybe cheating a little bit, thinking you're going to go one way and it's a cut back the other way. So it's not a total it's not the ba- it's not the refs totally bailing us out. VCU's earning a lot of these foul shots. Again, some of them are questionable, but they've been doing this all season. You know, we we um I think we talked about it after the last game or one of the games after the last games I looked I went back and looked at it. And they they were going to the foul line 51 more times than their opponents over the first 5 games of this season. And and tonight was no different. You know, 20 foul shots for Vanderbilt who made 15 of them, so they, they did what they were supposed to do at the foul line. VCU went 17 more times. And and VCU, you know, was in the was in the double bonus. Uh was in the double bonus at the end of the first half. And and Vanderbilt barely got to the bonus. He barely got to the bonus uh in the first half. And it was a lot more even in the second half, but that's the thing. You know, VCU's offense, offensive players, when they're playing the way they're supposed to, they're putting a lot of pressure on the defense because, you know, what you're doing is you're making them make a choice. You know, is Ace going to drive this ball and I've got to get tight to him because I can't let him wriggle his way through and kind of, you know, flip that ball up in the basket like he normally does? Or is Ace going to pass it at the last second to somebody else and i got to cover for that? You know, they – VCU's VCU's offensive players have at times done a really good job at putting the defense in a in a no win situation, and there was a lot of that tonight. And and look, they gave away some cheapy fouls that they should have never given away. Just some ones where you're looking at them and going, "What are you doing?" But VCU's offense, the one good thing you can say about it is by being so physical with their cuts, being so physical screening the screen. And sometimes being overly, and that's when you get the illegal screen calls. You know, forcing them to do a lot of switching, that puts them in trouble. That's why you get situations like that, and that's why they're getting to the foul line. It would be one thing, Patrick Mancuso, and anybody else that agrees with him, if this was a fluke. But this is this is every game. They are getting way – they're getting – It's it, before this game, it would have been 10 free throws per game more than their opponents. That's going to continue to be the case. So, you know, that's something 
I mean, they can't count on it every night. Like, I don't want to have a game where we're 19, where, you know, where we have eight, eight assists, eight, eight total assists on 19 field goals. You don't want to do that every night because you're not going to win doing that. Unless you really get to the foul line 37 times a night, you're not going to do that every night either. And I mean, again, you know, they only hit freaking dead gum 12 two-point field goals the whole game, which is kind of hard to believe when you think about it, and they still won. But they at least are showing that they can get there, that they, that they are willing to do the things that are necessary to get there on a regular basis. And it is, it is reasonable to think that they can keep doing that, that they, can, that they can at least keep doing that most of the time. They can't totally rely on it, but they can keep doing this. So that, that part of their game is something that I have to say I'm impressed with because, again, I'm trying to rack my brain that outside of the Highland year, I can't remember a year like this where VCU – had that much of an advantage at the foul line when they were going that much more often than their opponents. And it might be something that, you know, the next day or two before they play, uh, before they play on Saturday, I think against Temple, that that's something I probably ought to, ought to look at and just get a look at to see, you know, have we ever had a year like this where we've had that much more, that many more trips to the foul line than the opponents? Cause it just doesn't, in my recent memory, I can't think of, I can't think of that. I can't think of a year outside of the Bones Highland year because Bones was getting to the foul line it, at the kind of levels you see for a player that goes pro, to be perfectly honest. That's, that's you know, what he was doing there. Uh, let's see here. And, and, you know, and Andrew Beverly, you know, that's, that is a good point because, you know, they've had Ace out of the lineup. It, it's not only going to take him time just to knock the rust off and to get back into that facilitator mode. It's interrupted, you know, the continued integration of these new players, and he's got to get used to these new players, and that's going to take longer because of the timeout. So I, it's a very good point that you make there, is that it's going to take a while to get this offense clicking the way it should be, with Ace mainly being the facilitator and not being the number one scorer, especially when you, again, they have all these new players many of whom are getting some serious amount of minutes. Um, yeah, yes, absolutely, Steve Floyd. When you make more foul shots than your opponent's attempt, you're going to win most of the time. He, well, uh, Deloach was a little bit unlucky tonight, but yes, he's got an issue with, with when he gets in foul trouble, he hasn't figured out yet how to play defense and lay back just enough, not that you totally can't play defense, but that you can play defense and not get called for fouls. Like the one he gave away for his fourth foul, he was mad about it, but he's definitely pushing Robbins. And yes, Robbins is leaning on him, but the offensive player is going to is gonna get the call most of the time. It's going to get the call most of the time. All right, I'm, I'm almost done, Carl, but thank you. It's, it's always a pleasure to see you on here. Okay, Saturday, Temple, 1 o'clock, ESPNU. Again, no live video from me because unless somehow I, I end up getting cut from work early, which is highly unlikely on a Saturday during peak that that's going to happen, I will be uh, whiling away at, uh, at the, uh, in the van delivering packages. So, yeah, no, no – Nothing from me on su- on Saturday, unfortunately, as much as I, I hate to miss it. But there will, of course, be a podcast that will drop Sunday morning after I rewatch the game and all that. So that's the plan there. Temple's going to be interesting because they got that guard 
who who is just fills it up like crazy and is is just I'm, I'm trying to remember the kid's name but he's one of the he was one of the scoring leaders in the country but Temple's been kind of wildly inconsistent they uh they did a nice old number on LaSalle tonight uh Temple they they busted LaSalle in the head in the uh in the uh in, the, in a big five game at the Palestra beat him by 16 but they've been all over the place this year Temple cuz they beat of course they beat Villanova which is not looking like as good a win as it was when they beat him and and they were ranked. But so they beat Villanova, but like before that they lost to Wagner. Uh, let's see here. You know they got beat by Vanderbilt at home in overtime. They did win against Rutgers. I that caught me by surprise, big time. Lost to St. John's. Lost at UR. And lost to UR in that tournament up at Barclays. They did beat local rivals Drexel, but they're. They're hit and miss. I mean, it's, it's some of it's going to depend on which Temple shows up, whether we're going to beat them or not. Because because I don't, I don't know. I mean, which Temple are we going to get? They're, they're a real Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde bunch. Um, what I hope we get is is Ace Baldwin would say fifteen or sixteen points, but eight or nine assists. That's one of the main things. Because because that that's the other thing. I think some of the issues we had taking care of the ball is the fact that, that Watkins was dominating it as much as he was and was not kind of getting everybody else involved. And at times, people got cold out there on the floor. You know, another thing that was bothering me tonight is how many times have I heard this year Robbie Robinson say, so-and-so mishandled the pass or so-and-so let the ball go through their hands and to turn it over. There's just no reason not to be able to catch the basketball, fellas. I, I'm I'm kind of struggling with an explanation for that too. You know, we just and and some of it is they're not looking at the ball because it's just like football. You got to make sure you have it first before you look around and figure out what you're going to do next. And some of the times they're looking up thinking, "Oh, what am I going to do?" And the balls hits their hands and goes through their hands. That's something else they got to work on. That's something else they got to work on. Anyway, this was a heck of a performance tonight. Uh, really proud of the way that this team, you know, fought fought back when Vanderbilt made big runs at them. Yes, they got helped out by by the Stackhouse, you know, uh, technicals. And who knows how the end of that game plays out if he doesn't get tossed from there and they don't get to shoot the six technicals in a row. But give VCU credit. They had to take a lot of big shots from Vanderbilt. But they got they you know they didn't eat the canvas they got back up and they kept, and they kept fighting back and that's how they pulled this game out you know now you got to go to Temple which again you know we'll see what happens when we do VC by the numbers and all that in a few weeks when we get to that point but that's a team that could be right around that top seventy five range so it could be a quad one opportunity got to go there and win on the road got to show that you can go on the road and do this and, and, and be as good a team as you are at home. Can't have another performance like what we had at Memphis. Um, you got to go on the road and, and, and represent, especially because, especially because as you well know, we got a big Philly crew of Rams fans who are going to get themselves hopefully inside that Leah Cora center. And, and, and you got to show out and really, and really do the job for them and come up and get a big win. Come up and get a big win for those guys. So that is it. I want to thank everybody for listening out there in podcast land. If you're listening, thank you. 
Uh, please like it, share it around. The tip jar is in the link. Uh, is a link in the description if you want to send us some dinero. We really appreciate it. Thank you all for the comments here in the VCU, good and the bad and the ugly. I'm sorry that my phone was not cooperating so I could see them all. I think I have to start doing what I did last year, which is restart my phone right before we start these things. So thank you all for listening. Really enjoyed it as always. Look forward to having a podcast out for you uh, Sunday morning after what will hopefully be a road win at Temple. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.